Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. This morning, uh, I wanted to not so much go back and recap, but I want to emphasize something that has recurred at various points, and that is God's command that His people recognize that He alone is God and worthy of worship. So if you would, open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning in verse 15. This is God's Word. Diligently watch yourselves, because you did not see any form on the day God spoke to you out of the fire at Horeb. So you don't act corruptly and make an idol for yourself in the shape of any figure, a male or female form, or the form of any animal on the earth, any winged creature that flies in the sky, any creature that crawls on the ground, or any fish in the waters under the earth. When you look to the heavens and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the stars in the sky, do not be led astray to bow in worship to them and serve them. The Lord your God has provided them for all people everywhere under heaven. But the Lord selected you and brought you out of Egypt's iron furnace to be a people for his inheritance as you are today. Verse 23, be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you and make an idol for yourselves in the shape of anything he has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When you have children and grandchildren and have been in the land a long time, And if you act corruptly, make an idol in the form of anything, and do what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, angering him, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that you will quickly perish from the land you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. You will not live long there, but you will certainly be destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be reduced to a few survivors among the nations where the Lord your God will drive you. There you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see, hear, eat, or smell. But from there, you will search for the Lord your God. And you will find him when you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. When you are in distress, and all these things have happened to you in the future, you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. He will not leave you 
destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them by oath because the Lord your God is a compassionate God. Indeed, ask about the earlier days that preceded you from the day God created mankind on the earth and from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything like this great event ever happened? Or has anything like it been heard of? Has a people heard God's voice speaking from the fire as you have and lived? Or has a God attempted to go and take a nation as his own out of another nation by trials, signs, wonders, and war? by a strong hand and an outstretched arm, by great terrors, as the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. You were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides Him. He let you hear His voice from heaven to instruct you. He showed you His great fire on earth, and you heard His words from the fire. Because he loved your fathers, he chose their descendants after them and brought you out of Egypt by his presence and great power to drive out before you nations greater and stronger than you and to bring you in and give you their land as an inheritance as is now taking place. Today, recognize and keep in mind that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. Keep his statutes and commands which I'm giving you today so that you and your children after you may prosper and so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Moses is an old man. And he has led Israel for a long time. And he knows his time is short. But before he hands off the baton, before he passes on the leadership to another, he wants, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to go over some things. He wants to make it clear, these things you must not forget. And the reason he has to warn them not to forget these things is because by nature, we are prone to forget. Over and over and over in Scripture, we're told, I know you've already been told this, but I'm telling you again. I know you already know this, but I don't want you to forget it. Repeatedly, things are repeated. And so here... Moses is being led by God to tell the people, don't forget. Idols will always be a temptation, and if you worship anything other than God, you'll be destroyed. It's not like "Mm, it would be foolish. It's far more severe than that. You'll be destroyed. But he goes right on to say, but But know this, when that happens, even though it's a result of your own sin, when that happens, if you seek the Lord, you'll find him. God's not hiding. If you want to draw close to him, God is ready to meet with you. That is really good news. That is really good news. 
The reason people don't know the Lord, and I know this is going to be hard for some folks to hear, but I'm just going to tell you, because Scripture teaches it in the Old and New Testament. The reason people don't know the Lord is because by nature we don't want to. We inherited a sin nature from our first parents, Adam and Eve. And when we are still in our unregenerate condition, we respond the same way that they did to the presence of God. I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I ran and hid myself. Okay? Stupidly trying to hide behind leaves from the God who created heaven and earth. Okay? I mean, it's folly. But how many of you, as you look back on your testimony, can say, yes, I ran from God for a time, but God would not stop pursuing me? The reason we're saved is because of the mercy and grace of God. But the reason that people are lost is because they're running from the truth. Now, that's not said in order to condemn or in order to put somebody down. It is said so that we don't lose track because one of the questions that I've been asked and that anybody who's ever done any apologetics has asked is, well, what about the people who've never heard? Okay? What about the person living in some remote place who does the best they know how, but they've never heard the gospel? What about that? How can God be fair and, and allow that person to suffer his wrath? Well, first of all, the Bible makes it very clear there isn't anybody living in a remote area or an urban area. There is no one living out there who's doing the best they know. Okay? You may not have all ten of the Ten Commandments, but as many as God has put in you, you'll violate some of them. All of us do things we know we shouldn't do. That is true all over the world throughout all of history. All of us, even the worst narcissist, feels that somehow we haven't done everything we could have done. Because we haven't. We haven't. And when we say, well, I, I did everything that I knew to do, we're lying to ourselves. And in the middle of the night, we know it. We may say that to somebody else, but we really can't even fool ourselves with that one for very long. All of us fall short of the glory of God. And to the extent that we know right from wrong, we all know we've done wrong. And we all know we haven't done everything right. So there isn't somebody out there who's done the very best and now they just are going to die and go to hell because they didn't hear. Everybody in hell deserves it. And all of us deserve it. And that's why the amazing thing is not that somebody would go to hell, but that anybody would go to heaven. That is amazing. So, God is compassionate. He is merciful. And anyone who seeks after him will find him. That is God's repeated promise, and we see it again and again. But what happens? We realize when we find him, oh, he's the one who put that longing in my heart. 
He's the one who caused me to seek after him. He's the one who burdened me for truth. I remember praying with someone years ago, and right before we prayed, that individual said, why is it that for years people tried to tell me about Jesus and I didn't want to hear it? And now all of a sudden, the last couple of months, all I can think about is that if Jesus is real, I need to know him. Why is that? And I said, because God has done a work in your heart. He's drawing you to himself. Salvation is the work of God. It is by grace that we're saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. <clears throat> well, pastor, if that's really the way it is, uh, then I, I, don't, I don't like that view of God. Well, do you want to get a transfer to another universe? I mean, what, what's your option here? This is the God of the Bible. He created all things and he rules over all. We all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. <clears throat> we all need his grace to be saved. If you try to save yourself, you will not be saved. If you say, God be merciful to me, a sinner, God is already displaying his mercy and grace in your life. That is evidence that God is doing something wonderful by causing you to realize you need mercy. You need mercy. Folks, let me take just a moment to encourage you to go on the internet and visit the website of Wares Valley Ranch. It's a very easy address, just wvr.org. For over 20 years, the ranch has provided a loving home environment for children who have a problem that they did not create. It may be a health crisis on the part of a parent or even the death of a parent. Often, it's the death of a marriage, leaving a single parent who's struggling to care for the children while working one or more jobs in order to provide for their support. Sometimes, it's a parent who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, or even a case where one or both parents are in prison. But these children are not the problem. They're simply caught in a difficult circumstance. I hope you'll help us provide these little ones with the opportunity for hope and healing in a Christ-centered environment. Please visit wvr.org in order to learn more and in order to help. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus So, we are told <clears throat> in God's word, diligently watch yourselves. That's where we started was verse 15. If you look back earlier in the chapter, verse 9, only be on your guard and diligently watch yourselves so that you don't forget the things your eyes have seen and so that they don't slip from your mind as long as you live. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. God is calling us to recall what we have learned, to remember. And one of the ways that we do that is by teaching it 
to the generations that come after us. A friend of mine led the son of a famous preacher that you haven't heard of. Back in this man's lifetime, he was famous. But a friend of mine led the son of that famous preacher to faith in Jesus Christ. And the son said to my friend, how come I've never heard this? What he had just heard was the gospel. He said, how come I've never heard this? Well, on the one hand, his father preached the gospel to his congregation. He was a pastor. He preached the gospel to his congregation, but somehow he failed to disciple his son. When his son heard the gospel clearly, personally presented, God gave him faith. But I'll tell you something, there are a lot of people who just assume that the kids will get it. If your children were asked, what is the thing that matters most to your parents? What would they say? What is the thing that matters most to your parents? Folks, you can pour yourself into trying to teach the gospel to your kids, and they still don't get it. That can happen, but that's not usually what happens. I know folks whose children can express the gospel verbally, but who will say, I have not received him. It's not because they don't know what the gospel is. It's not because they can't state it clearly. It's because in order for a person to be saved, they have to surrender. They have to say, okay. I give up. My parents had four children. One of them became one of the most effective, powerful preachers that I've ever heard. But for years before he got saved, he was running from God. He was determined to have it his way, to try everything, to experience everything. He was hostile toward the truth, and he hid behind a veneer of intellectual prowess. And God in his mercy brought him to his knees. I'm not telling you that if you parent right, all your kids are going to just at an early age Pray to receive Jesus and walk with him always. I will tell you that you have a responsibility to teach these things to your children. And grandchildren, it says. I didn't notice that so much when I was a parent. Now that I'm a grandparent, it's like, oh. Well, what if your kids won't let you get to your grandkids to tell them about Jesus? Nobody can stop you from praying for them and ask God to open the door. 
Ask God to open the door so that you will be able to share. It doesn't have to be once a week. It doesn't have to be once a month. But it needs to be that when you do have opportunity for interaction with the grandkids, the grandkids know that you love them and that you love Jesus. And if you'll do that, you are sowing seeds. And God promises his word will not return void, but will accomplish that for which he sent it. So, in this passage, we're told, diligently watch yourselves. That's verse 9. Verse 15, diligently watch yourselves. Verse 23, be careful not to forget For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. But thank God, verse 31, he will not leave you, destroy you, or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them by oath, because the Lord your God is a compassionate God. Recognize verse 39. Well, go back to verse 35. You were shown these things so that you would know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Verse 39, today recognize and keep in mind that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. In Romans 1, the Bible says, tells us that God's wrath is being poured out because people have suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. It's not because they didn't have the truth. It's because they suppressed the truth they have. They did not want the truth. They wanted to follow lies. And it says instead of worshiping and giving thanks to the God who is God, they worshiped and served created things. That's precisely what's warned against here in this passage. All of us, by nature, are worshipers. Everybody worships. The question is, do you worship the God who is God, or do you devote yourself to lesser things? I know people who've devoted themselves to education, They've devoted themselves to amassing wealth. They've devoted themselves to gaining power. You can worship all kinds of things, but only God is God. And if you're letting anything else compete with him for your heart's throne, you will be destroyed. I plead with you, in light of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. That is intelligent worship, Romans 12. I plead with you, in light of God's mercy, offer yourself to him. Say, God, have your way with me. Do what you want with me. My time is yours. 
My life is yours. We sang it this morning. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my silver and my gold. Take my lips. Take my heart. Take all of me, Lord. I want to serve you. That is real worship. And the wonderful thing is the God that we worship is not just the creator. He's not just the ruler. He is also the one who came to save. And he did it, the Bible says, because he loved us. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.